Hello, you're listening to The Raphael Letters. My name is Gabriel Dantes, and as always, I'll be reading a letter from the Archangel Raphael to a guardian angel named Shario, who's protecting a young woman named Sarah. Today, in Raphael Letter number four, the Archangel is helping the guardian angel with Sarah's struggle over anxiety as she discovers her unique mission. The Archangel warns Shariel of the downward path that Sarah may walk if she does not pray. After the letter, we'll read through meditation questions to help us better internalize the spiritual truths contained within the letter. Stay tuned on Sundays for new episodes, and be sure to click the follow button to not miss out. Click on the link in the show notes, www.gmdantes.com forward slash the Raphael letters to read the entire letter and follow along. While you're on my website, I also encourage you to take a look at my children's book series called Aria's Adventures. You can get the first few chapters of that book for free on my website. Hope you enjoy them. Now, without further ado, let us read Raphael letter number four. Stop doing Most beloved Shariel, I was afraid the situation might happen, though certainly it is amazing that Sarah has finally realized her unique mission and is now trying to achieve it. I give him glory, who has called her by name to transform a small part of this world in his love and his truth. I pray the Lord completes what he has begun in her. Unfortunately, for Sarah's sake, I am not at all surprised that her anxiety has been increasing. You must realize that the enemy's strategy has changed, and Sarah's growing anxiety is a fruit of the evil work that her tempter has planted in her. Now that Sarah has come to accept her unique mission, your opponent has for the moment relinquished his previous strategy of attacking Sarah's confidence about her unique mission. He has pivoted to a new strategy of attacking her to accomplish the mission that she has been given. He has now shifted to telling Sarah such lies as, you're not doing enough, or you're nowhere even close to accomplishing your goal, or you're not getting anything done. Or, you should be doing more. You will notice how ambiguous and absolute these statements are. You will also notice that the enemy is never specific with his accusations. He never says, You did not fulfill your commitment to spend 30 minutes every day focusing on your unique mission. The enemy knows quite well that this would lead her to true guilt, repentance, and transformation of heart, which, of course, would be awful for them. You'll notice that the bridegroom of her soul never condemns her absolutely, in words such as, You never do this right, or You always do this wrong. Instead, with a smile and a compassionate heart, he will kindly say, Sarah, it hurt me when you chose to do this. 
This leads her to real sorrow. And when she turns her heart back to him, her, quote, godly sorrow will bring repentance that leads to salvation. 2 Corinthians seven ten. And true salvation is accompanied by joy and not servile fear. The enemy, of course, wishes to avoid this by making his statements as general as possible. The enemy will tell her that she should be doing more, but Sarah will almost never ask herself what exactly is meant by the word more. Since this is his strategy, yours must be specific. You must draw attention to specifically what she is doing that is sinful. And if the enemy should try to make her feel guilty about what she is not doing, try to remind her of what she is doing well. Illuminate that part of her soul and pray that God gives her consolation in feeling like she is doing enough. Constantly impress upon her the urgent need for her to return to prayer and rest in the peace of Christ. I cannot emphasize this point about prayer enough. Even now I hear his voice to her and to all who work in this anxiety. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Isaiah 55, 1. Come, Sarah. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty nine to 30 Drive back the attacks of the enemy with your sword of light. Lead her again to prayer to abandon her burdens to him. And when he speaks, pray for her that she might hear and find rest in his voice. I foresee what may happen if she does not heed his voice and instead listens to the cruel voice telling her every day that she is not doing enough. These small lies are only a part of the enemy's grand plan to consume Sarah's soul. And I already see the steps that he will take next if he succeeds in the first step. You will notice already that Sarah has begun to abandon her time of personal prayer. The enemy wishes her to be so overwhelmed by the desire to accomplish her unique mission that she abandons it completely. If Sarah continues down this road without turning from it, you may notice the following regression. First, she will buy into this lie that she needs to do more. She will begin to preoccupy herself with the anxieties of her unique mission and of life in general, and she will not allow her heart to rest from thinking about them. After that, she will begin to slacken how much time she is spending in prayer, telling herself that she is doing work for God. Though she doesn't even ask God what he wants of her, 
Instead, she assumes he wants her to work harder on her unique mission because she thinks he wants her to do more. After that, if she does not recognize what is happening, she will abandon her prayer life altogether. She will tell herself that she is praying throughout the day. The enemy will drive far from her mind how easily 30 minutes of restful prayer, speaking with Jesus, will drive all the anxieties from her mind. Or he will simply tell her, you can always pray tomorrow, being sure to distract her with another anxiety before she commits to praying at a specific time the following morning. After this, Sarah will stop speaking to God even throughout the day. She'll be so consumed with her work that she will ignore daily joys, relationships, and even her own health. He will surround her heart with countless anxieties that will choke her, cutting off her heart from God and from others. Throughout this slow process, Sarah will begin to numb herself with either little or large addictions, which I can write more about in the future. But one thing is certain. Slowly, Sarah will surround her own heart with any number of anxieties which she has tried to numb. If this continues, she will isolate her heart completely, allowing no room in her life for experiencing real intimacy and vulnerability with those that are dear to her. At this point, the enemy will have Sarah nearly exactly where he wants her. The enemy will have no need for her to renounce her God, because whether she has realized it or not, she has already renounced love in her heart, and that love is God. I write this not to discourage you, but to make you aware of the path to destruction that the enemy has already planned. We must then pave another road, one that leads to her joy and her thriving. I can speak more about this luminous way in my next letter. But for now, give him glory and take hope in the fact that she has embraced her mission and has not yet abandoned her time of prayer. Stay on guard against those subtle lies and lead her always into his merciful and consoling arms. Servant of his healing spirit, Raphael. I hope you enjoyed this letter titled, Stop Doing More. In it, we learned how the enemy condemns us using statements that are both vague and absolute. We also learned how these anxieties are designed to lead us away from prayer into greater and greater isolation. The point of these letters is to bring some spiritual awareness to what is going on all around us. To help us enter more fully into these letters and their unique themes, I've composed the following meditation questions, which you can find on my website. While I encourage you to write down your answers to these questions in a notebook to help you engage in them, 
I recognize that not everyone has the time or freedom to do that. So if that is the case, then as you listen, I recommend paying particular attention to your answers. Perhaps say them out loud if you are alone, or repeat them to yourself in your mind. The purpose of this is in order to create greater awareness of our guardian angels throughout the day and week, that we might do what St. Paul encouraged us to do, pray without ceasing. Let us reflect on those questions. What is the spiritual reality that I am now more aware of, having read this letter? What is something I wish I could say to my guardian angel right now? Is there something specifically I could thank them for? What is a struggle that I wish my guardian angel could help me more with? Guardian angel, can you help me more with this please? Please pray for me on my behalf that God's grace might be poured into me to aid me with this. In what ways does the enemy accuse me that I am not doing enough? What is the accusation? What specifically should I be doing more of? Rarely is it that we need to do more. Usually we need to let go of unrealistic expectations that we are putting on ourselves. If I did make a bad choice and it hurt Jesus, when did I make that choice? What do I need to repent of? After looking at this letter, what behaviors might I have to change? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us, hear our supplication as we cry to you, that we may always be defended by their protection, and rejoice eternally in their company. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide.